very warm welcome to Talking Point, the podcast where I observe, reflect and debate the issues that matter to you. Among the Talking Points on the agenda today, the pros and cons of mobile technology. Find us on the web at talkingpoint.site where you can contact the programme and listen to this and other episodes in the series. Hello and a very warm welcome to Talking Point. I'm Philip Anderson. Well, what's been your pet peeve in the past week? Doubtless you've been following events in Parliament, was particularly over the resignation of Boris Johnson and the fight to find the next Tory party leader. Well, if it's something you'd like us to include in a future episode of Talking Point, by all means do get in touch. You can find out how to do so by visiting our website at talkingpoint.site, where you can also listen to this and other episodes in the series. It's amazing how reliant on our phones, tablets we've become these days. Children alone in America spend between six and seven hours a day on their phones and only one hour exercising outside. The phone has become almost a pocket companion. It's replaced the need for laptops and pocket diaries, calendars, etc., The phone, I remember, in my day when growing up, was just a phone. It was a way of keeping in touch with people. And the idea of a disembodied voice without a picture to it appealed to me as somebody who is blind. And it left a lot more to my imagination because not only did I find the person's voice on the other end friendly, stimulating, angry, whatever the mood of the person happened to be at the time, I was also very interested in the uh, surrounding atmosphere, so I was listening for background noises, especially if they were calling me from a phone box, a call box. Again, something else we hardly ever use these days. I don't think even we have them in existence, do we? Apart from in local villages where they've become monuments uh, for dispensing information and etc., where people can put up little uh, posters about their business or put their business card in. Um, for those that have been abandoned, sadly, they've just become an, a, a magnet for graffiti. But I used to love the phone. You know, when I was at boarding school and my mother used to phone me once or twice a week and listening for the pips. We used to have pips to people know that they needed to insert their coins. So it was all based on sound. People used their ears more back then. In the same way that they used their ears for radio, mobile phones, whilst they have their uses, and by goodness I've come to realise just how an invaluable piece of equipment a phone is, particularly now that they've got camera technology incorporated into their design, can really be helpful. I mean, I used to have to rely on people to read mail to me years and years ago before scanners and cameras came in. 
And sometimes if a letter arrived, I may have to wait a day or two, or maybe a few hours, depending, uh, for that letter to be read. And you'd think, well, as a person without sight, I'd be the world's most patientest of individuals. (laughs) On the contrary, I've always found that making use of the camera very helpful. Give you an example. Let's just say the assistive technology I'm using on my phone fails for whatever reason, and I'm using an app called Seeing AI, which has been developed by Microsoft, which is a very multi-purposed app, and it's uh, been trained to recognize text, uh, barcodes, can also recognize faces, environment, currency, color, etc. But if, say, I'm using it to scan for a sell-by date on something out of the fridge, the date is often the problem because they use a date stamp rather than an ordinary printer to put the date on because they produce all the general surface packaging in, you know, generically and um, the dates just go on separately because obviously the date is the thing that changes the most. So they'll produce all their printed material for the main wrapping in bulk. And obviously, because the dates change, they couldn't print a separate packaging for every new date because that would be, well, not cost effective, which I can see the logic in that. And occasionally, the date stamp isn't all that distinct and I have to uh, get assistance for it. I can then FaceTime my son or a friend because obviously that utilizes your phone's camera. Um, They'll be able to see instantly Uh, what the uh, date is. There are other assistive services that have come on board on the mobile phone, which has been very useful, such as Be My Eyes, which makes use of volunteers who've signed up to the app all over the world, who can provide instant support to people like myself who are sight impaired. Again, if my son or friend wasn't available when I was looking for a sell-by date, I could then call that service. And there are so many other services incorporated into that app that you can avail yourself, such as if you've got issues with your PC, for example, you can call Microsoft via the Be My Eyes app. If you've got a question regarding health, there's a service you can call for that within that app. And it makes you more independent and less dependent on other people. And it gives you back your dignity. It gives you back your pride. It puts you back in the driver's seat. So it's giving you back your life, almost. It doesn't bring back your sight, but at least it puts you on an even keel with your peers. And it's not just about that, but it's also about connecting you to the internet and giving you access to a plethora of information, pieces of research uh, that otherwise, you know, as a blind person, when I was growing up, it was all to do with Braille, and that was very limited. I found sighted people were an advantage over us uh, because they had everything at their disposable, no, disposable, everything at their disposal, you know, what was available in print at the time. And it was a lot, much more than we had available. So I find sometimes we missed out on a lot of information. So technology has its uses where I'm concerned, where I can now access the internet 
look up documents, scholarly articles, uh, that stuff on Wikipedia that's full of discrepancies, although, you know, some of it can be quite informative. It still bothers me that even though we've got legislation policies in place to say, do not use your mobile phone while driving um, unless it's hands-free. But even then, I think in some countries, you know, they have a zero tolerance using mobile phones is concerned. And I'm all in favour of that. I think the roads are so heavily congested nowadays, so busy with traffic, that you need total concentration. You've only got to take your eye off the road for a split second, and that's all it takes for something serious to happen. And I remember correcting my son. We were on the road on a country lane, and I realised that the car wasn't travelling in the right direction. It had gone off the road slightly, and we were almost running into the hedge or scraping the hedge. And you can tell the difference in surface of the road. Um, through the tyres, etc., and I knew this was not the road. And the car didn't seem all that in control, although it was a modern car. And he had to flick his steering wheel very quickly just to bring himself back into the lines. And it was terrifying. And there was a car coming towards us in the opposite lane. And there could have been quite a serious accident. And uh, we had a few words about that when we got home, because I just said that was just irresponsible, foolish, and very dangerous. It takes a while for people to appreciate just how dangerous it is. And until things happen to them, they don't quite see the seriousness of it. You've got all your mirrors, make use of them. I used to have a PA who used to work for me. Very nice woman, although sadly, you know, we parted company on differences of opinion. You win some, you lose some in life. But she was a fanatic where the phone was concerned. The moment it rang, whatever it was we were doing, she had to answer her mobile. A, I thought it was discourteous because she was working for me and that was her personal mobile. But she'd on the phone straight away the moment it rang. It's almost like she had this exaggerated curiosity about her. Almost like an addiction, even, really. She'd be driving. And the moment the phone sounded in a bag, she'd be leaning down. And I, I said to her, do that when you're not with me, but when you're with me, I'd like you to abide by the rules. Keep your eye on the road. You've got responsibility and extra responsibility. You've got somebody else in the car. You've got a passenger. And unfortunately, our works insurance won't cover it because and neither will anybody else's insurance. If you were deemed that we were behaving irresponsibly, then it'd be your fault and you'd be liable. Just remember, with actions come consequences. And despite the warnings, despite the legislation, why are people still tailgating people? You do realise that if the person in front of you had to pull up sharp brake, you would go straight through your windscreen and career into the back of the car in front because you wouldn't have allowed yourself enough braking time. So it's important you keep a couple of cars distance between the one in front to allow you that braking time. And particularly if there was ice on the road. And yet people still live dangerously. Life in the fast lane, as they used to call it. 
Remember that song? <laughs> Life in the fast lane. Do let me know your thoughts. You can contact the programme via our website, talkingpoint.site, where you can listen to and download this and other episodes in the series. Whatever it is you're doing, do it safely. Take care. Bye-bye.